Good morning and welcome back. We're going to start Ilhot Kiddusha Hodesh today. This is one of the, potentially it's the hardest chap, uh, the hardest, hardest treatise in all of Mishneh Torah, especially to teach. And it's not because of the first few chapters, which are fairly straightforward, although extremely important, and with concepts that perhaps are not immediately intuitive. But starting from chapter 11 and through chapter 19, it's something called Sodhaibur, and it's the science behind the astronomical science, the mathematical calculations behind trying to understand when the moon is going to be where, what do we see from here, from Earth. And all of this has to do with a pretty advanced trigonometry for Harambam's time. And it's an area of trigonometry which we don't study today mostly. It's spherical trigonometry. I, I bought a book last year on spherical trigonometry and uh, I haven't I haven't yet read it, but hopefully I'll finish it while we are studying these chapters so that I'm even better prepared to to teach the chapters 11 through 19. <clears throat> With that, we begin. Ilkhot Kiddush HaChodesh Misvat ase ahat vi lahashov veleda' velikboa be'eze yom hu tehilat kol chodesh vechodesh mechodshe ha'shanam There is only one affirmative misvah and that is to calculate and to know, and then to establish which day is the one that is the first day, the first day of each and every month of the months of the year. So implied in this statement, there is also the months of the year. Implied in this statement is perhaps the idea that we're going to study about that uh, every so often we have to also add another month. And the elaboration on this misvah is in these few, in these coming chapters. Perek Rishon HaChodesh, the first chapter is going to deal with, uh, it's more of an introduction and it deals with, uh, mostly with the, the moon side of things. Halacha Aleph. Chodshe HaShana hem Chodshe HaLevana, sheneemar olat Chodesh pechodsho. The months of the year, according to the Torah, are the months dictated by the cycle of the moon. As it is said in the Torah that we should bring as a korban olat chodesh bechodsho, the 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 sacrifice, the olah of every month on the on the on the renewal of that month. Veneemar, it also was said in what we call Parashat Chodesh, a chodesh azeh lachem rosh chodashim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu calls Aharon and Moshe in Misraim before we. Uh, before Makat Bechorot even, and tells them this Chodesh, and we're going to now make a duke on the word Chodesh, is to you the first of the months of the year. So there is an emphasis also in Lachem, it's to you, as you'll see in, in a bit. Kach Ameru Hachamim, this is how Hachamim interpreted this Pasuk. Her Akadosh What Akadosh Baruch Hu showed to Moshe in a prophetic vision was an image, a vision of the moon. Why? He told him, like this, you're going to see. Whenever you see something like this, this is a kiddush. So let me just start from the beginning. If you just take this pasuk, obviously the, the, the functional meaning of the word is a month, but chodesh comes from the word lehadesh or hidush, 
and it implies that it's something that has a renewal. Now we have a problem because the moon is a cycle. So what is the renewal of that cycle? Maybe the renewal of that cycle is when the moon is full and every time the moon is full, the cycle resets and then it goes back to the beginning and so on and so forth. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to be told by Nebuah what is this renewal that we are talking about that makes Rosh Chodesh. Also pay attention to the word Zeh. Every time, invariably, every time you find in the Tanakh the word Zeh, the implication is that it's something right in front of the person that is uh, the, 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 the participant in that, in that uh, pasuk that describes it. And can be pointed to with a finger. So let me give you another example from the end of Masechet Anit in the Gemara. There's a beautiful drasha of Rebil Azar about when in Ishayahu says, um, uh, in Ishayahu says, Ze Adonai kivinu lo nagila bishu'ato. And then it says in the Gemara, Kol had the had mar Everyone is pointing with their finger, in other words, in, in uh, Yemot HaMashiach or Olam whoever you want to interpret that sugiah. There is going to be a certain understanding of God that it's going to be so clear that it's as if everyone could be pointing with their finger to what they're seeing because of the word ze. So here there is ze also. What does it mean ze? So Hachamim took advantage of this word and they said what God showed Moshe Rabbeinu was actually the moon. The moon is something that you can point to and say this. And he showed him the moon at the very, very uh, beginning of the cycle, in other words, when the moon just started reappearing and you only see a very thin string, that's what he showed him. And he told him, whenever you see this, this is Rosh Chodesh. And also, I want us to pay attention to this pasuk, the word Lachem, you, Moshe and Aharon, were going to be tasked going forward with being the ones declaring that this would be Rosh Chodesh. So on the one hand, the months need to be according to the moon. However, the years that we count are following the solar cycle. Because in, uh, we can also find it, actually, I think, in, in the Pasuk that we just read in Shemot. Let this be the first ones of the months of the year. So by mentioning Ashana, I think you could make the implication Peshat-wise, that uh, Akadosh Baruch Hu was already uh, implying back then that there is another separate independent concept of Shana to which you have to adapt the Hodashim and you have to make sure that this is the Rishon in respect to that either, other cycle. But more explicitly, when Moshe Rabbeinu elaborates this in Sefer Devarim, he tells Am Israel, Shamor et Hodesh Aviv, make sure to always keep the first month of the year and coordinating it with a season of spring. So we have an issue, as you're going to see in a second. And what is the difference, what is the spread between the month of the, 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 the length of the solar year and the length of the lunar year? It's about 11 days. We're going to explain in a bit how. Therefore, when we add up a spread over time of about 30 days or a bit more or a bit less, 
מוסיפין חודש אחד ועושים אותה שנה של 13 חודש. We add another month to the year and we make that year have 13 months so that we start, so we coordinate, we reset that coordination between the solar and the lunar cycles. והיא הנקראת שנה מעוברת. And that's what we call שנה מעוברת, a pregnant, a pregnant year, which means a year that has something extra added to it. because the alternative would have been to make to make years that have uh, have fractional months so imagine having a year that is 12 months and 11 days not very convenient for a myriad of reasons because also the pasuk says and this is the first pasuk It implies that the Shana needs to be made of months, of the units of the Shana are months, not fractional months, not days. Now we are going to explain why exactly this works. Let me just explain it outside. So we have a few movements that we have to become aware of when we are studying Chod Kiddush HaChodesh. The most basic movement that happens every single day, every more or less 24 hours it's uh, not exactly but let's assume it's 24 hours for this halakhat we have to assume it's 24 hours the earth turns around rotates around its own axis which means we right now in new york are facing an area of the universe uh, with an angle with respect to the sun and that angle is going to repeat itself in 24 hours so that the earth is rotating and then in 24 hours we are going to be on more or less the same spot uh, we do have to account for the second movement for the third movement sorry the second movement is also the moon around the earth and the moon takes 29 and a half days to circle the earth so you see the moon On one side of the earth at the beginning of the month and then uh, 15 days later it's on the other side of the earth and 15 days later it's back to where it started uh, let's not talk about the adjustments in terms of height I suggest for all of us through these chapters through Kiddusha Hodesh to think about this as 2d as we can bi-dimensional 2d and to make three-dimensional adjustments It's easier than thinking of everything as really 3D, really as a sphere, as spherical. But think of everything as a circle, not as a sphere, and then we adjust as we go. The third movement we have to take into account is the movement of the Earth and the Moon, the Moon surrounding the Earth, that uh, unit of the Earth with the Moon rotating around it, around the Sun itself. This movement takes 365 days and six hours. So if you take 12 months, 12 rotations of the moon around the earth, you end up, as we said before, with 354 days. Now, let me give you an example to make it very uh, real, tangible. Islam has a year that is 12 months of the moon. They don't look at the sun, they just look at the moon, which means that Ramadan falls every year slightly at a different season and sometimes ramadan for them is going to be in the winter sometimes in the summer we don't have that uh, that thing in in uh, in uh, 
in Am Israel, we always have Pesach fall on the Aviv. Okay, Halacha Gimel. Halevana nistered bechol chodesh vachodesh ve'enah nir'ed k'moshenei yamim u'pachut ayater. Every month, the moon disappears from view every month and month and is not seen for about a couple of days. Two days, a little more, a little less. So it's about one day before it aligns itself perfectly with the sun and a day after. Let me just explain this alignment. Uh, we are going to see later. It's called, Hachamim always called this the kibbutz or the hitkabzut. And just again, pretend everything is a circle, not a sphere. And you have now the earth going around the sun and the moon going around the earth. So the moon doesn't have light of its own. The sun reflects on the moon and we see the reflection of that moon from earth. So the angle always changes. But take this moon now and put it exactly between the, between the sun and earth. So the, the, the side of the moon that's facing the sun, that's getting all the light, is a side that's hidden from us, from Earth. That is when the moon disappears. That is called the Hitkabesut. On the other hand, when the moon is behind the Earth, then the sun is fully, fully, fully reflecting on the moon. And that's what we see from Earth. We see a full moon. That is the middle of the month. And the night, when we start seeing the moon after it was hidden, is the beginning of the month, and we count from that day 29 days. <clears throat> if after those 29 days, on the 30th day, the moon is seen again, that 30th day becomes Rosh Chodesh. If it's not seen, should be the 31st day. And retroactively, we treat the 30th day of that cycle as belonging to the prior month. However, after uh, the 30th day, we don't pay attention to the moon. Uh, the 31st day, we, we don't care whether the moon is seen or not. The moon is obviously there because we know we know that the cycle can never be more than 30 days. In reality, it's 29 and a half days. So it might seem to us 30 days because the, the last cycle might have begun in the middle of the day. Whenever a month has 29 days, and the 30th day is really the first day of the next month, we call the 29-day month a chodesh haser, a missing, a lacking, an incomplete month. However, if the moon is not seen on the 30th day, and therefore the last month ends up having 30 days, and the 31st day is rosh chodesh of the next month, then this is called chodesh me'obar, a pregnant Month, just like Shana Me'uberet, we have Chodesh Me'ubar. Benikra Chodesh Male, it also is called a full month. 
וירח שיראה בליל שלושים הוא הנקרא ירח שנראה בזמנו. When a moon is seen on the thirtieth day, this is called a moon that is seen on its time. On its time, in other words, <coughs> the day on which the seeing of the moon has any significance. If we see the moon on the 31st day, it doesn't matter because whether we see it or not, that's going to be Rosh Chodesh. And when it's seen on the 31st day and not on the 30th day, this is called, Chachamim called this, it's called the, 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 a moon that is seen on the, on the night in which it already was pregnant. Now, Shabbat is something that is determined on an individual basis. And we studied this in Chod Shabbat. If someone is lost in the desert, they have to make their own count of seven days. And even though they are not sure that it's Shabbat, that is Shabbat for them. This is something personal, individual. Every single person, every single Shabbat does Kiddush. They determine themselves or they declare themselves on an individual basis. This is Shabbat. Not the same with Rosh Chodesh. Remember, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave this mitzvah, Rosh to Moshe Naharon. There is a significance to why this was given before Makat Becholot, before Be'eres Misraim. The Torah wanted for us to start having national institutions before or as a, as a condition, as a beginning of the process of, of developing from being bit avod, from being families, households, in Mitzrayim, which is a form of organization we had, to being an actual nation. So he, Borei Olam, entrusted, he, he invested Moshe and Haron with this authority to determine the months. It's an authority that is a national authority. It's something that forms the fabric of the nation. It's something that brings the households above the level of households and into the level of nations, which is why not everyone has the right to do this. It's only the Bedin Hagadol that has this right, and they do so. Sorry, not the Bedin Hagadol, a Bedin. We're going to see what Bedin can do this. Uh, and, and they declare this Rosh Chodesh. Then it becomes Rosh Chodesh. As it is said, this month is to you. In other words, it's your responsibility, you, Moshe and Aaron, you and your institutions, not every other person in Am Israel. This testimony that establishes the month is something that's going to be rendered to you. Now, the Bedin. They have the responsibility to independently, other than the witnesses that come and as we're going to see and, and, and say we saw the moon, they have to have their independent calculations, astronomical calculations to know exactly where each star, where each planet is supposed to be, when and, and where. And then they investigate and they really go to very fine calculations to understand whether or not it is at all possible that the moon be seen on that day. On that 30th day, or it cannot. For example, if last month was only 29 days, then this month, uh, for the most part, is going to be... Uh, if we have two months in a row that are 29 days, the third month is never going to be uh, 29 days. So the 30th day is not the day on which you'll see the, the moon. Uh, it, it must for sure be the 31st day.
Only if they know that it's possible for the moon to be seen that day, then they open up the Beddin and they expect witnesses all day long. If witnesses come and then they investigate them, they ask them the right questions, and, and they were found to be reliable, then the Beddin declared that day to be Rosh Hodesh. If the moon was not seen, or witnesses didn't come that saw this, then they finalize or, or they, they, they count that day as the 30th day. And that day is going to be uh, the 30th day of the last month. This month is going to be a pregnant month, month of 30 days, and the day after that is going to be automatically Rosh Chodesh. If they know, however, by their calculations that it's not possible that the moon be seen that day, they do not open the session to accept witnesses. They don't wait for witnesses. And if witnesses come, we know a priori that they are not uh, truthful. They, they, their, their, their testimony is not factually correct or perhaps they saw something that they saw looks like the moon but it's really a formation in the clouds and this is not the actual moon an affirmative from the Torah for the court to calculate and know if the moon can or cannot be seen and for them to investigate and question, interrogate the Aidim until or before they decide to actually sanctify the day and declare it Rosh Chodesh. Third, so we have a few things. Number one, the Beddin needs to calculate. Number two, they need to go through the process of investigating, getting to the bottom of the testimony rendered by the witnesses. Number three, the third, third responsibility the Bedin has is to promulgate, to, to let the rest of the people know whether the day was declared Rosh Chodesh or not. Because by knowing what day is Rosh Chodesh, they'll know what day are the holidays. As it is said, the ones that you are going to declare so from this pasuk we learn all through three responsibilities. And it's also said, you shall make sure that this happens on its time. So Harambam understands it. means on its time means that the Bedin needs to independently know when is the right time for Rosh Chodesh to really fall. So they had to be really, really sages. And by the way, this is this is historically. The fact, Am Israel, our sages, were always extremely, extremely advanced and sophisticated astronomers. The Hachamim, uh, if there was one science that they knew very well, to, to a degree that it's impressive even in our days, is astronomy, uh, at least of the solar system. And they really, really could know exactly when the moon should be seen and how, and uh, this trigonometry was something that they were very, very, very good at. 
The only place in which you can make this calculation and to establish Rosh Chodesh or to decide that a month must be added to the year is in Eres Israel. As it is said, and there is a beautiful sugiah about this with a story of a hacham that used to do Kiddush HaChodesh in Husla Ares. And, uh, and then he said, uh, and then he quoted this pasuk changing mission, but I think it was his subconscious making him realize that this was actually the case, that he shouldn't, shouldn't be doing this in Babel, but rather should let the folks in Israel do it. The Pasuk says, It's a Pasuk that actually appears twice in the Tanakh, once in Yeshayahu, once in Micha. And it says, from Sion, uh, which is uh, one of the names of Yerushalayim, of Bet HaMikdash, the Torah shall come, and the Gemara interprets this to mean, at the very least, we, we understand that Kiddush HaChodesh needs to come from there. If there was a person who was great in wisdom, a great sage, and he had gotten semicha in Eres Israel, in other words, you recognize those hachamim in the Gemara by their title Rebi, as opposed to Rav. Rebi means that someone that got semicha in Eres Israel. And then he went to Husala Ares. Rebi Zera is an example of someone that comes to mind. And one more condition, there is nobody like him in Eres Israel. This has happened a couple of times in the Gemara. He's permitted as an emissary of the Bedin Eres Israel to do the, the process of Kiddush HaChodesh in Husala Ares, outside of Eres Israel. However, the moment he knows that someone, in, this is exactly the story I'm thinking about in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, if he uh, suddenly becomes aware that there is such a person in Eres Israel that has become to be a great sage like he is, then he's no longer needed for this. Suddenly it becomes forbidden for this person to do this outside of Res Israel. And if he transgresses this and he decides to actually do the Ibur, although he's not entitled to, this Ibur is not valid and it's as if he did nothing. We finish with this the first chapter. On Sunday, we'll be doing chapters two and three.